0: Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. And so the Lord has a specific word for this church today. And it is interesting because the Lord said a bunch of amazing things about this church, but he also wants to reveal some things. And so I pray that you put your heart in a place to receive what the Lord has to say through his word and how it applies here, not only to New Covenant, but how it applies to the churches here in Philadelphia. So we're going to come because we don't do anything without the word of God. That's the blessing. You know, I'm here at a teaching church. And so it's not awkward for me to bring up the word of God in order to give the word of God. And so we're going to go to Revelation. And I want y'all to look in y'all Bibles. I want you to look at Revelation Um, chapter two, and we're going to start at verse 12. And if I had to title this, the title of this sermon would be the new covenant. And that's the blessing because the Lord told me the title before he gave me the word. And honestly, he's still giving me the word. So I hope y'all bear with me. This is a fresh word for this church. So Revelation chapter two, starting at verse 12, we're going to talk about the church in Pergamum. It says, in the angel of the Lord of the church of Pergamum write, the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, yet you hold fast my name and you did not deny my faith. I want to stop right there because specifically what the Lord is saying here to the church, the new covenant church of Philadelphia is that you carry my name. And even though you sit on Satan in a place where Satan's throne is is glorified, where the enemy, the acts and the works of the flesh are increased, if anybody has lived in Philadelphia or watched the news, we understand that anything goes. There is murder, there is sexual immorality, there is idol worship. And this church is a church that has been set on a hill so that everybody can see the light that comes from this blessed place but do not forget where you dwell. God is saying, you dwell in a place that does not want to share my glory. You dwell in a place that does not want to worship me. Don't sing worship songs and don't come to church excited only to leave in your mess. Because this place will eat you alive. It is the very place where God is not seen or heard, so they say. Yet... God has brought up a remnant here at the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia to stand firm in the word of God, in a place where the word is despised. I want you to understand who you are in church, New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. I want you to understand what God has called you to be. I want you to understand your positioning here in Philadelphia. I want you to understand your set-apartness. I want you to understand the things that you do well. And it says, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness who was killed among you where Satan dwells, Antipas was martyred. He was persecuted for the gospel. Many of you right now in this room have been persecuted because you stand firm on a word that is not popular. You stand firm on God's word even though it's not mainstream media. You stand firm on God's word even though it separates you from the very peers and the people whom you love, who you call your family, who you call your friends. In your persecution, you have not folded New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. You have not stopped preaching the word of God. You still carry the very essence of the Father. You still carry the name of God. I want you to say hallelujah because that's a blessing. However, the word continues. It says, but I have a few things against you. You have some, not all. I want you to say not all. You have some there who hold the teachings of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food, sacrifice to idols and practice sexual immorality. So also you have some who hold to the teachings of the Nicolaitans, therefore repent. God is saying that among you that there are some of you with influence, that there are some of you with the ability to not only speak and teach and preach the word, yet your lifestyle does not match what you preach. You come and you present yourself as a living sacrifice to God, yet there is no sacrifice, there is no burning, there is no transformation. And this, this very thing is detrimental to the very essence of what God has called you to be. We cannot let those type of people thrive, the ones that want to come in and water down the very gospel of God that has saved you. It is interesting that the word sets us apart. It is interesting that the Bible says we are to be in the world, yet not of the world. I am an alien to this world, I am an ambassador for Jesus Christ, yet if I stand up here and preach a sound and firm gospel, yet my lifestyle does not reflect what I preach, I lead people astray. Practice what you preach. This is not just to this church, this is to all the churches. We have people that want fame and status, they want to look good in front of a church, they want to look good in front of a group of people and I'm here to tell you that the foundation here is strong enough to move mountains. God has told me that this foundation will not be broken, but to my young people who are easily influenced, I ask for you to stand firm in the faith. Do not read your word and see evil and equate evil with good. It is not the same. I want you to go to Numbers, because in order for you to truly understand what the Lord is saying, we have to have a a, a little bit of a discussion about Balaam. And so I want you to go to Numbers, and we're gonna start at Numbers. Numbers, we're not gonna read all of it because I'm gonna give you a, 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 what you call it, a, a summary. But I want you to start at Numbers chapter 22. I want you all to go to Numbers chapter 22. And I want you to make a bookmark. The blessing of who we are is that you don't have to have a prophet or a preacher or a teacher to just tell you the word of God. You have the very word of God in your hands. Make sure that you do your due diligence and read that thing and dig into that thing on your own. Because I don't care how good a preacher is, you can't get everything in 30 minutes to an hour. So let me, let's talk about Balaam and I'm gonna talk to y'all like I'm y'all friend and I know Balaam from around the way so this is gonna be a summary. So Balaam was a man who was a Gentile. He would have been considered a Gentile. He would have also been considered an idol worshiper but there was something about Balaam that was very interesting. He heard clearly the voice of God. How many of you know that you can be gifted and wicked? How many of you know? that I can hear the the voice of God, I can articulate the gospel, I can preach the scriptures, I can stand firm and say that I will not say or do what God has not told me to do, but then I find the loophole. See, Balaam was still after his own flesh. He wanted his desires, but he guised it as if he was going to do the will of God. Balaam went with Balak and he went with Balak and Balak wanted him to curse Israel. However, God said, these people are blessed. I want you to understand what God is saying to you, New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Even though the enemy wants to slip in and curse this people, God says, don't touch these people because these people are blessed. However, Even though Balaam could not curse them, he found a way for them to curse themselves. So as we go off of Numbers, we're going to go to Numbers 31 because I want y'all to read the exact scripture so y'all know that I'm not a liar. 31 verse 13, I want you to get there as fast as you can. 31 verse 13. And the word of God says, Moses and Eleazar, the priest, and all the chiefs of the congregation went to meet them outside the camp. And Moses was angry with the officers of the army. Let me catch y'all up right now. They are going to war against Midian. Midian had done something right after Balaam blessed them. They did something that displeased the Lord. And when they did this thing, God put a famine on the land. But if you read after Balaam blessed the people, you will never know that Balaam had a part in it. That's that's many of us. We are so busy looking at the package that we're not hearing God for what's going on behind the scenes. You are so busy looking at how something is presented to you, you cannot hear that God is saying that this person is against you. It's not about your time. It's not about your dream. It's about, it's about what's happening in the spirit that is keeping you from the very blessing of God, that is keeping you from being a people that is called by his name. And so, Balaam, we find him here. We find Moses clarifying because Moses goes and tells them to kill and, and they're going to fight. And if you know anything about the Old Testament, everybody died. I don't care who he is. You make a wrong step. You getting killed. God wasn't playing no games. He had a lot of grace. There's a lot of grace and love. Y'all better be thanking God for Jesus. I be... my, Y'all, my church Philly family has been trying to show me for years how to do that thing, and I just, everybody not blessed with shouting. I don't know where that, and I haven't seen it in the Bible no way, so I ain't going to reproduce it. Just I'm just raggedy when it comes to dancing. And so, what happens here, and what we see here, is that he's telling them, he's saying, listen, you have to kill these people, you have to go to war with these people because they did an evil thing to you. An evil thing that brought the plague upon you. And so... We, we hear Moses is angry with the officers of the army, the commanders of thousands and the commanders of hundreds who had come from service in war. Moses said to them, have you let all the women live? Behold, these on Balaam's advice caused the people of Israel to act treacherously against the Lord in the incident of Peor. And so the plague came among the congregation of the Lord. Now, therefore, kill every man among the little ones, kill every woman who has known a man by lying with him. What Balaam did here, this wicked and gifted man who heard from the Lord and was able to speak blessings over a people that God told him to speak blessings over, Pastor Leah, I'm going to take your word, he was a loophole Christian. He was a loophole believer. He believed in the very word of God, but he found loopholes to get what he wanted. And so what he did, he said, listen, I can't curse them, but I'm going to help you teach them how to curse themselves. Send some women down there. Make them sexually immoral. These women will also have them worshiping other gods. Let me tell you something. It is something interesting in Philadelphia that I have seen and I'm starting to see in my own generation and culture that we think we can serve God and idols. We think that we can serve God and be sexually immoral. I'm telling you, children of God, you may not be perfect, but you are supposed to be transforming. You may not be perfect, but you are supposed to be being sanctified. This word is not popular because what we want to do is say that we are Christians yet live the same. What is the point of being made new if you still look old? I'm going to tell y'all something the Lord told me when I first started walking into the faith because I wanted to be all these other things but just what God was calling me to be. And my, um, my church Philly family would tell you, y'all, when I first came into the faith, it was hard for me to even get dressed. I would just wake up ragged They'd be like, you're not wearing that to preach. You need to put some clothes on. You look ugly. <laughs> they honest. We have an honest church. And the blessing of that was it told me, it says you knew, you're new, so you have to look new. You have to act new. And this is not by your own doing, but by the doing of the Holy Spirit that is in you. But you can't do that until you accept the very call on your life. And so Balaam, instead of hearing God for what God is saying, instead of just being a blesser, he wanted to be a blesser and he wanted to serve money. And because his desire to serve money was greater than his desire to serve God, he ended up hurting the very people that God blessed. I know this is not an easy word. But this is a blessing to this church. God is saying, open your eyes. Don't be fooled by those who come in and preach a good word and talk a good game, but their actions say different. Their lifestyle is not in line with the very gospel that they teach, they preach, they minister, they believe. If you believe in God, then you believe that the work is done. You are no longer struggling with your unfaithfulness, but you have been set free. It is something interesting about slavery, and I grew up in the South, and like Pastor Oliver said, they came up there, they had some of my collard greens and stuff like that. Let me tell you something. The only time I don't give God credit is over my cooking. It's sad, y'all, pray for me. I know it's a gift he gave me, but I just want all the credit. I'm not even gonna lie. just it does something to me. When I see somebody eating and they say, you did, I'd be like, yep. <laughs> Just evil. Just, y'all, pray for you all sister in Christ because I don't want to not make it in, okay? Over a pot of collard greens. But something about the South is that I grew up, even though I grew up in the 90s, early 2000s in the South, it was still heavy, heavy in what, what I would call it, um, What's the right word for it? Somebody got to throw me the word. Um, It was still racism. It was still really heavy down there now. But it was very heavy. And I remember people saying, how can they treat us this way? We're free. We're free. We're free. But we were still acting as though we were in bondage. And I began to realize that freedom had nothing to do with what somebody said. It had everything to do with the quality and the way in which you lived. You could have told me that I was free, but in Thomasville, Georgia, I didn't feel free. I didn't have the ability to do the things that my counterparts who were lighter than me had the ability to do. This had nothing to do with me hating them, but everything to do with my quality of life. So I knew that even though I had the ability to go into the store, I wasn't wanted into the store. Even though I had the ability to walk down the street and not anybody come up against me, they still came up against me. On paper, I was free, but I didn't live free. It is the same thing about us Christians. And that's why Paul constantly talks about it in the Scripture about how we were slaves to sin, but now we are slaves to righteousness. Whatever you are a slave to predicts your quality of life. If I am a slave to sin, then I will do the works of my flesh. This is scripture, y'all. I will do my will instead of God's will, but if I am a slave to righteousness, I will do the will of my Father who set me free. My quality of life changes. I begin to walk into the new. These are fundamental things for here at New Covenant Church. But God is saying, we are still allowing these things to happen. We are allowing it to happen because New Covenant Church, we don't want to offend. But the gospel is offensive in and of itself. I could have preached this word to you and said it lightly. But the minute that I would have said, well, Balaam was wicked and gifted, y'all all still would have been offended. Whoever was gonna be offended would have just passed out in a row. <laughs> I don't gotta add nothing to it. It's offensive, you know why? Because it is offensive to the very thing that is against God. Let me tell you something that offends many people everybody is not welcome in my home if God does not say they can come in my home and that may be offensive to you but you don't get to dictate what happens in my home it is my home God may say a word in this Bible that is offensive to him, to you but it is his word You don't get to dictate what is God's will over your life. He dictates what is his will over your life, but the blessing is that he also prepares you for it. How do we live with the Holy Spirit, yet make excuses for being holy? Holy is in the very name of the one that was deposited in us. Do you understand how foolish that sounds? To say, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody want to catch a Holy Ghost. You don't even catch it. You just get him. You don't got to hold your hand out and snatch him or nothing. You, don't, you know, he's there. And once he's there, he, he, you either allow him to increase by your submission and your love of the Lord, or he decreases and you grieve him and you quench him. But the interesting thing about this, I I talk to people all the time and when I'm ministering to people in the streets, they're always saying, well, I have the Holy Spirit, I'm free, I get to do what I want. Do you remember that the Spirit says that it is holy? How, church, have we gotten so far away from a gospel that is so pure, from a Jesus that is so loving? When we talk about love, we like to make it seem like love allows you to do what you desire to do. Yet, love, one of these key components and beautiful pieces of love, is that love says that it hates evil. But it delights in the truth. And so we love to say, love is is patient, love is kind, love is this, love is that, until I hate your evil and tell you the truth then I don't love you, but the very scripture talks about what the basis is for love. It does not do its own will. We always love to talk about Jesus who said, I did not come to do my will, but the will of my Father. And the Holy Spirit has come to do the will of the Son. Whose will are you doing? It can't be your will. And so I'm sorry if I'm not here to tell you how to live your best life. I'm sorry I'm not here to tell you how to chase your dreams or give you five steps on how to to bring an income to glorify God. That's not what I'm here for. I am here to correct your perception of the very Holy Spirit that's living in you. Children, you are saved. And the Holy Spirit doesn't make you perfect, it makes you better. It brings back the good. And it was good. And he saw what he had made and it was good. God is perfect, but you're not going to stay the same. I fail 10, 12, 13 times a day. Just failing, just tripping and falling, getting up, tripping and falling. Sometimes my, my husband had to snatch me up like a baby whine and just come on, we're going to get you where you got to go. But every day that I fail, I submit those very things that to the Holy Spirit that has the ability to make me better, to transform me. And I find myself the next day, not giving over to the passions of my flesh the day before. Holiness is a place. It's not just a thing, it's a place. And I'm gonna end with this because I think this is a beautiful thing that the Lord is saying. Holiness is a place. If you look in the Old Testament, the holiness of holies was a place in the tent, and only the priests could go. And it wasn't every priest, it was certain priests. Pastor Oliver, correct me if I'm wrong, it was certain priests that could go with Christ who died on the cross, we became a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are now in the presence of the holiest of holies, not because we did it, but because God did it. God looks at his son and says that we are worthy to be in the holy place. I'm gonna end this with Moses. Everybody likes to talk about the burning bush and where he took off his shoes and God said this is holy ground. Well, New Covenant Church of Philadelphia, you are holy ground. Each individual in this sanctuary is constantly in the presence of God. Take off the things that make you dirty. Every day remove them. Every day try your best not to defile the very thing that God has made holy. You are holy ground. And why are you holy ground? Because you're God's children. I didn't have any inheritances. Growing up, I grew up very poor and I didn't have much to look forward to and reference to anyone leaving me anything. But the beauty of a holy and loving God is that he gave me an inheritance. And no matter how much I don't deserve it, I fight every day because I'm his child, and because he loves me. And that, y'all, is my reasonable service. I'm not squandering away my inheritance on foolishness. If somebody told you you had a million dollars and you had to walk straight, and you had to walk the narrow gate, I couldn't keep y'all out the narrow line. I'll be fighting to get there. Mm -mm, God said, go through the narrow gate. Been and left all your and Some of y'all pack too much when you go on vacation. You're like, I ain't got to, it's going to weigh me down. Get to this million dollars. Understand the wealth of what you have in God. Understand that as people will try to come into this church and they will try to change the very way you preach, the very way you teach, when your attendance goes down and goes up and fluctuates, when it seems like you can't keep enough young people in the seats, preach the word. God is raising up a generation that will obey. And God wants to see the fullness of the inheritance in you. And so preach the word, New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Rebuke, build up, break down, build up. Rebuke, build up, break down, build up. That is what you are called to do. You are called, and I want to really talk to the people who are older than my generation, whom the foundation was set. I want to encourage you. You are the very flowers of this church. You are the very will of God that is breathed out. You are the Samuels who will, call out the souls, in hopes that they come back to God. It is a blessing to have sound leadership. It is hard out here for us. <laughs> it's hard out here for this generation. You know why? Because everything goes. And when there is no structure, there is no hope. Thank you.
1: didn't I tell you that she is a prophetess my prayer for her continuously is that she will let no one despise her youth Because the depths of the wells of the Spirit in her have nothing to do with time. It has to do with place and the presence of God. She talked about the Holy of Holies, which was reserved for the high priest. And it's good to know that we have a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities He was tempted just like all of us, but yet without sin. And the one who knew no sin became sin for us. And I sense the Spirit of God calling some of you into the Holy of Holies. There's something you need to know about the Holy of Holies though. The priesthood was established by Aaron and his sons and the generations who came after him one generation his two sons Eliaphaz and I can't remember the other one it'll come to me when when I'm in my car but two of his sons minister samples was ministering to the Lord and God gave a strict commandment you shall not bring strange fire before me, strange fire. And the fire that was in the Holy of Holies was on the altar. It was like the burning bush, it was fire from heaven. And sometimes people stand behind this sacred desk with strange fire. They want to whip up emotion that has nothing to do with the fire of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to whip him up. When he decides to touch somebody, he does what he does according to his own will. But these two sons, who knew the directive, they had been in the priesthood, they went in and they put strange fire on the altar. And that day, they never came, they died on the altar because. As it was said, God didn't play. He wanted the people to know, I mean this. It is for your good. You need to follow me. Scholars have two views on what the strange fire was. One, God told Moses to tell the priest, you shall not have strong drink or wine when you minister before me because it impacts your judgment. You can't minister to him if you don't have a sober mind. So some say they were drunk when they went into the holy place, cost them their life. The other said they created their own fire, which is what I talked about, the modern day strange fire. The Holy Ghost is not about rubbing two sticks together. He produces the fire. And one or both of those things could be true. But the truth is, when you enter into his presence, he produces the fire. And the fire in all those days they were in the wilderness, in the tent of meeting, never went out. That's why you want the fire of the Holy Ghost, not a strange fire. Strange fire will go out. You can put water on strange fire and it'll go out. But the fire of the Holy Ghost cannot be put out. Persecution won't make the fire go out. Temptation won't make the fire go out. Trouble won't make the fire go out. Struggle won't make the fire go out. Depression won't make the fire go out. Strange fire can be put out, but the fire of the Holy Ghost. I pray that the fire of the Holy Ghost would fall on us. Not strange fires, too much strange fire in the land. And before I have an altar call, it's going to be a little bit of a different altar call. I want to say this. There was an extensive study done with clergy in America. And they, one of the segments was around idolatry. And do you know the number one topping the list of modern day idolatry is comfort. Comfort. Isn't it amazing the prosperity gospel and all these gospels that were popular. In the 90s when mega churches were booming, it was because of the prosperity gospel because that's what people were after, comfort. And I say, Lord, Don't let your servant get comfortable with comfort. God, let me be like Paul that I might know you in the fellowship of your suffering and the power of your resurrection. God, draw me nearer to you because you are enough. All I need, all I want, all I desire is you. Everything else is passing away, it's perishing. It's foolishness to chase after things that don't last. But Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. There's no shadow of turning in him. He will always be the same. Trends change. Fashions change. Generational preference change. Language changes, but he's the same. He's always the same. That's why you can count on him. So I want to invite today to the altar, and those of you who are on the live stream right where you are, the Spirit of God is able to invade your space right where you are. Father, I pray for everyone whose heart desire is to be near to you. God let them know that what they've done can't keep them, keep you from them and them from you. It's an act of the will. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not life, or death, or famine, or peril, or sword, or angel, or principality. Not things present, not things to come. Nothing can separate you from his love, except you. Nobody can pluck you out of his hand, but you can walk away from him. And for some of you, he wants me to tell you that he's married to the backslider. He says, today is your day, is your visitation. Come back in the privacy of your home. Come back to him. He will transform you. You know if you're in him or not by the fruit that you produce. I know you by your fruit and you know yourself by your fruit. Be honest with yourself and be honest with him and come back home. He's been waiting for you. He's been waiting for you. The one who neither slumbers nor sleeps has been waiting for you. Today is your visitation.
0: Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.